They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. This is yet another in my long series of interviews and reviews for Salem Horror Fest 2020. This is an interview, and before I introduce my very special guest, I'm going to do like I always do by saying the names of all my $15 or more patrons, and there are 20 of you now, so thank you so much. You are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nicky, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, and Shure Henson Gusted. And to my newest patrons, Ralph Lund, Luke Donnelly, Tom Painter, Cassandra Raguchi, Carolyn Thompson, Brian Beccia, Patrick R. Young, Scott Arcuri, and Chris Charles. Thank you all so much. Um, this has been an incredible time um, these last three years making these shows for all of you. And, um, you know, I do most of it for free. Uh, the Patreon is not a paywall to get access to these podcasts. It is a paywall to get to, you know, this made the chip and a couple other things that cost me a lot of money. But for those of you that just want to support because you like me and what I do, I appreciate it because it is no longer just there to help produce the shows. It is there because the world is a hard bastard and needing a secondary income for my family is very important. This show is a lot of my shows are brought to you by Skeeter Plays a Let's Play channel that one of my very best friends, Steve, does over on YouTube. Get on over there and check it out. I'll be a guest soon. Um, he's just a great guy, and I think you'll have a blast. And with that, today's guest is Eric Lawrence, the director and writer, sir? Yes, yes. Um, of uh, this year's first film I watched um, for Salem Horror Fest, The Last Thanksgiving. You can check out my review, but this was a good old-fashioned uh, slasher, silly, over-the-top gore fest like they just don't make anymore. Um, and uh, But with nowadays sensibilities, which I think is, is fascinating and fantastic. And I can't wait to talk um, with Eric about um, what went into it. So, sir, you know, introduce yourself to the fans and the internet and tell us who you are. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I am Eric Lawrence, uh, writer and director of Spooky Things. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I guess I freelance edit right now to get by. So if anybody has any editing jobs, I want to turn those down. But the um, yeah, and I, I just want to write and direct horror movies. I live in Los Angeles, and I'm around. Very cool. And that is that film editing, script editing, or all of the above. Oh, film editing is our yeah, like a, like on Adobe Premiere, DaVinci, or nice, whatever. Yeah. Nice. One of one of my one of my fun little hobbies as well, because I, I do an audio only podcast, but I do all my editing for it on Premiere because I'm crazy and I just mm -hmm. like Premiere. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> there's easier ways to do it, but I just enjoy it. Um, but yeah, no, dude, that's wild. So, um, you know, before we get into the, 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 the film at large that we're talking about, like what's what's your background? What got you to the last Thanksgiving or what got you to making spooky things? Should oh, um, I mean, I've been obsessed with horror movies since I was a kid. I think when I was seven or eight, I was pretty much all in on being at least a horror movie fan. And then in high school, I made short films all throughout that with my friends all the time. A few of whom are in the movie. Uh, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then I just I went to college for film school and um, right as I got out of film school, I was like. I, I want to make a movie right away. What would people watch? There aren't anything. Or there, there's five Thanksgiving horror movies. There could be more. So yes. I figured it would get a little attention, maybe. Uh, and that was why it's a Thanksgiving movie. And yeah, that's that's so cool. What were um? So you you made a bunch of shorts. Were were they always horror themed? Like, were there any that uh, you know? You know, were you were you always in this this genre, like the splatter? Oh, or, you know, to dabble and move. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. no, it's uh, it's all horror stuff. I mean, like mostly 
horror comedies though because i always yep. felt like I, I i never trusted myself to go completely serious without having a few more resources i guess which is something i could work on but um yeah so so mostly horror horror comedy shorts uh, i like lots of death scenes and that sort of thing well yeah i mean right the they uh, what was it that um uh, George Romero called them. He, he he had specific names for um, gore scenes. He did he call yeah. them props or tricks or or tr- he, there was a word he used and I loved it because he'd go yeah on my DVD there's going to be a way where you can just fast forward to all the you know whatever the the goofs or the and I'm like that's oh, the awesome. gags the gags there you yeah, go that's the gags. and I'm like I I love that because you know um to me that that's a genre in and of itself right you know people people talk about, you know, the elevated horror and that, that annoys me because horror is all encompassing, right? Like if you're, if you're able to make someone laugh, you're able to make someone cringe or able to scare them or you're able to just be campy and make them feel included. I I was talking about this with someone recently and I'm, I was thinking about it more when I watched um, death drop gorgeous about how the horror community has a very LGBTQ like fan base and you'd sit there and go, you know, like, why is that? And it's like, it, it comes from a place of inclusion. Like we're the, the regular, like what's happy or what people want to go to the theater to see in a movie is not represented in our subculture because we are looked down on. So being able to get in there and be like, Hey, you know, I am not a homicidal maniac, but I'd like to watch someone's head get cut off in, in the comfort of knowing that it's fake, but it's still fun is, is something that I think a lot of people, um, don't really understand until they, you know, get into it or, or meet someone that's enthusiastic about it. You know what I mean? Even outside of that, the term elevated horror has always kind of annoyed me just because they, um, the, the implication is usually that it's like a relatively new thing too, which Uh, like, there's always been classy, smart horror movies. Uh, and I don't like the idea that it started with get out or, the babadook or whatever right and it's it's the same thing where people are like oh this lord of the rings film winning best picture are there more movies like this because i thought fantasy movies were for kids and i'm like guys <laughs> come on like you can you can you can very intelligently and well make something dumb and silly or just as much as you can intelligently and well make something meant to be high concept and dramatic and there's yeah. There's room for all of it. You can also make either completely terribly <laughs> as, as well, <laughs> you know, um, and, and there's, there's a place for all of it. Um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned making the little uh, short films. I was all the little short films I used to make were always horror. And I, uh, I wrote this like, or didn't write. I filmed, I, I liked doing stop motion animation and I had a lot of Todd McFarlane action figures, which were great to animate because they were very, got big feet and you could move them around. And so yeah. I, I made a short film myself for fun, but I forgot that, you know, you have to add people talking at certain parts. So the whole mm-hmm. film was like a silent film with music, but it had my toys coming to life on Halloween because my mom threw them out and killing my family. And I showed this little short film to my English professor, ninth grade of high school. And I had a terrible time in ninth grade of high school. I didn't like the school. I didn't like the kids I was in school with and I'm a math and science guy and I like to do like make art and stuff like that on my free time. So English was the last thing for me reading stories and you know, that I didn't want to read, you know, and write papers about them. So I said, Oh yeah, you know, I have a script and he's like, you do. And I was like, yeah, um, let me bring it in tomorrow. And I went home and wrote a script and he was like, this is fantastic. You should turn is like your fourth quarter term paper. And I was like, really? It's not what you asked for. He goes, I don't care. The fact that you're doing something like this in your free time. So then I went and took the script over Christmas break and remade the movie to the script with like the dialogue. And he gave me an A for the entire fourth quarter and showed the thing on closed circuit TV to the whole school. Oh, shoot. Wait, that's so dope. (laughs) And that's actually the first time on this show I've told anybody that, I think. So it just it happened to come up because you taught that. And and that that blew my mind. And so I and I found that it's actually on my YouTube. It's called Night of the Living Toys. And it's silly. It's silly. I didn't actually have a script. You know what I mean? I went and wrote it after the fact. I was just joking around. You know what I mean? But um, he took it seriously and he cultivated that. And I'll I'll forever be appreciative of that. You know what I mean? really important 
Um, and, and that's like part of the, the thing I love about, you know, I'm watching Salem horror fest. The first movie I watch is the last Thanksgiving and the last Thanksgiving is not, um, if this movie had been like at a drive-in theater in the seventies, I would say this is derivative and like everything else that I'm seeing because there was so much, but now it's so the exception to the rule of what horror is in a lot of cases right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, don't know, and I mean that as a positive. No, no, I, 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 I take it as a positive. I just bummed there aren't flasher movies and like monster yeah, me and like, did you ever see the remake of the town that dreaded sundown? I loved the remake of the town yeah. that dreaded sundown so and, much, and I felt a lot of that in this movie. Like, you know the the kills that are that are you know in that movie, it's because they were replicating something, but in this, the kills that are so silly because the killers are just giddy about what they do. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. and, and and not even in like a gross, sadistic, you know, like um like terrifier kind of way. You know what I mean? Like this is in a like, yeah, it's gross yet. It's horrifying. But every time I'm just like, I'm <laughs> the seafood gag broke my brain. I'm just like, he's going to take his eye out. As soon as I heard him say that, I'm just like, this is going to be great. <laughs> you know, great. I'm glad you liked that. I was, I had no idea if people were going to get that pun. I could not tell if it was clear or not. It's, so I'm glad people get it. It's very stupid. <laughs> oh, no, it reminds yeah, me of Magic Style. It reminds me of like child's play. I could totally see Chucky like pulling that one. You know what I mean? And, and I mean that in a good way. Like this is like, this is the kind of movie you'd find walking down, you know, the horror section and like your old mom and pop video store and go the last Thanksgiving. I see a guy who looks like a pilgrim on the cover and it's a horror movie. I am renting that and I don't care how good it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's literally like, and, and I mean, and I mean that with the utmost respect that that used to be, you know, and, and I, it's harder to get by with a movie like that now because yes. so many people are churning out that to fill up the Netflix queue, to fill up the shelves at Blockbuster back in the day. You know, you'd get your 25, you know, movies that were even more lower rated than the stuff that Sci-Fi Channel was doing. You know, and, I, you know <laughs> yeah. and again, those are tongue in cheek and fun and I love them. But like there were people who genuinely thought they were making real movies churning out shovelware just to fill the shelves with a similar title to something that you care about. And instead you go and make with lots of love and attention to detail and great production values. If, if oh. I say so myself, okay. um, you, know, you know, I mean it, you know, you know, uh, a movie, a movie that is one of those movies but as a unique one of those movies. There's no other movie quite like The Last Thanksgiving, just like there's no other movie quite like Black Christmas, no other movie quite, you know, that they all kind of stand on their own, even though they're of the same ilk, I guess would be the word. Um, and uh, so when, um, when did this concept like show up, like the idea of, of this movie? Yeah, so I was in senior year of undergrad, uh, I guess it was March. We were two months away from graduating and I was going to push my friends to make a feature with me no matter what. And I had a completely different script initially that was like super, it was, it was kind of like pretentious meta where like these people, uh, they realize they're in a movie and there's all these monsters and I would not have had the money for it. And it was also not the best. Uh, and I, and I figured I don't know. I was just like, I, I, I'd really been thinking about how there weren't many Thanksgiving things. So March of then, and then I started writing it in May. The script was done by August and we started filming it that November. Wow. And what, how long was production? Yeah. So, okay. So in November we filmed one weekend in Tennessee that, uh, in my hometown of uh, Chattanooga, where uh, we did exterior shots and like the uh, the opening scene where we're at the main girl's house and the montage of death scenes that happened near the end of the movie. Yep. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Those, <laughs> those were all my high school friends. So that was back. Ah! Uh, oh, that's great. High school. Yeah. And then also the, uh, the, the lady in the car who's like screaming, that's my mom. <laughs> uh, so there's just like a lot of family and friends in it. My dog is in it. Um, yep. So that was all Tennessee stuff. And that was when we only had the lead actress cast. She was the only cast member. And we didn't even have the mask yet for the killer. 
<laughs> so we did that, and then we did the main shoots. Let me think. We had auditions in February for the rest of the parts after that. And the main shoot was April, the following April. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was all weekends. So I think it was four weekends and plus two pickup days. So that would be Jesus. 15 days for the main wow. shoot. Wow. And was there, was there a lot of, was there a lot of post outside of normal film post? I mean, I, I don't, I'm thinking back through it. I don't think there were too many places for digital effects or green screen or anything. Um, there were, okay. So I had the November after that, because I started editing after that. Um, well, actually no, Gabby, the producer slash the, um, the girl who plays the goth girl in the movie, Trudy. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Oh, there was, did, did her and your main actress know each other? Like uh, kind of yeah, we were all in a film fraternity together. Okay, because I was gonna say uh, there's when you get a movie like this, when you have characters that are so outright nasty to each other, um, <laughs> and, and that's and that's the whole town right around this girl, right? That yeah. can come off feeling very forced, especially if the movie doesn't give you, um, doesn't give you like the the reason why, like they don't show you her doing something crappy. I loved how like these main characters all seemed lived in like they you could tell that they oh, were together no no and again are these the things you usually talk about with a dumb slasher movie no but it it makes it it makes it more interesting you know what yeah. i mean when they when you can like get the fact that okay there's a history here you know when like when they're dropping you know the c word against each other you're like okay <laughs> no, like, this th there was some hair pulling like you know night eyes like kind of throw down crap going on <laughs> behind the scenes here that we're not seeing, you know? And I, I, I like that um, because that's very small town, very, you know, very important to, to drive home the, you know, it, it, it's a story about people, you know, the, and again, does your horror movie need to have this story? No, but it has it, it about people that kind of know what's going on in each other's lives. There's a reason why, there's a, so many people for them to take out at this little diner here because right. it's the only place in town to go, you know, <laughs> they're in the movie theater, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess so it's, to talk on that point real quick, because the intention with writing the characters, uh, I tried very, 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 very hard to like, um, the, the characters in a lot of the 80s slashers, like the low rent ones, they weren't necessarily funny funny like they're just kind of weird uh and i tried to kind of have like an element of that in them where they were saying like kind of quirky and weird lines that weren't necessarily funny but like uh they uh distinct everybody was very distinct but also very um had relationships with each other and uh i think there was a, a large effort to do that and to also have the characters who ended up surviving be characters who wouldn't necessarily survive a slasher movie. Like the, yep. the, the reason the main girl was so mean was like, she's supposed to be like the mean girl of the movie. And I just thought it would be fun if she, if the mean girl that I always like in these movies survived at the end, cause that never happens. No, right. It's and and to make her the main focus and the, the linchpin for everybody was, was really interesting. And and again, you pulled off, you said a lot of like the exterior shots and everything. Those are some of my favorites, like her, you know, walking down the street and people driving by and seeing her and being like, oh, it's just her, you know, yeah. literally, literally they could help the situation right now. And it's like, ah, no, it's her. Screw yeah. it. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I loved all of those little uh, bits of attention to detail, but, but I was going to say, you know, so this was, was horror fest. It was your premiere. Or was it your East coast premiere? Um, yeah, it played in two smaller festivals before this, so we couldn't technically call it, like, a big premiere, even though those festivals, uh, weren't necessarily seen by a lot of people. Yep. But, uh, it was, so the Salem Horror Fest was the first time it got, like, any sort of attention. That's really cool. I, and, and I, you know, the Salem Horror Fest is awesome. They're all great people. Oh, they were so nice. I love them to pieces. And th this was their first uh, virtual year. So mm -hmm. they did a fantastic they, job. 
they were forced and so they were working on it since like june i think uh, or even sooner maybe march because that's when they uh, uh the the head one of the heads um kay lynch associate produced mm-hmm. mass, mass hysteria which was all filmed in salem and they did a like soft release of that in march just to try out their virtual setup and um so that's how like that's where my you know, in with talking to them and going, oh God, if you got a virtual press and there's a critic pass, I'd love it, but I'm paying for a pass no matter what. You know, I just wanted to see the stuff early, you know, um, <laughs> but it was, it was so cool. But, um, you know, they've, they, the city of Salem has not been doing a good of a job as they are. Um, you know, they, they hit this very early of we're going to go remote. We're going to find a way to keep it good for people. And the reach that it got because of that is just insane. The fact that the fact that at the fest, you know, I could watch Last Thanksgiving and Lenny and Black Lake, like back to back to back. So yeah. <laughs> very different yet so, you know, the, the amount of enthusiasm you get talking to the people that made them, it's the same. You know what I mean? It's not just because one is like super high concept and about, you know, more, you know, real social issues. And then Last Thanksgiving is more about, eh, what if the pilgrims were, you know, zombie cannibals? Right. <laughs> you know, it's fine. And, and that's <laughs> That's another thing. So you, uh, so you get this out to Salem Horror Fest. That's awesome. The, mm-hmm. the response was really good. Um, you know, at least that I found. I mean, everyone was tweeting about this movie and and oh, Papi Ramirez. He's winning awards up the wazoo. That guy. That's so funny. That movie was so fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> and um, but you know, to this one, you know, you you get all this all this cool stuff on the screen, and I, and I want to get into the gore effects and stuff too. But your nice. your your cast like. How did that pull together? Because I mean, you had the the lady in the diner is um the the old oh, lady. Oh, Linnea Quigley. Yeah, like yeah. Where, how'd you pull that off? <laughs> oh, that was okay. So to okay to start off, very much a micro budget film. We did not have uh, th- this cost less than a year of college for me by a good bit. Oh my lord! Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to say the real number, but it's always good to it's always good to know because I don't know if you heard my other shows, but I joked that I made a fifteen minute long zombie movie and the budget was eight grand. Why was the budget eight grand? Because my friend Jeremy bought eight thousand dollars worth of replica airsoft guns and said he bought them for the movie. That Even was worth he it. was just gonna do that. <laughs> so anyway. funny. Oh, no, it, it made it <laughs> made the movie feel so much so much more real because we're walking around with like these actual metal like real like firing like parts airsoft guns <laughs> somehow not getting arrested imagine if we made that movie now like oh no <laughs> yeah you can't, you can't do that anymore <laughs> no no and we were walking around like in public woods like spraying blood everywhere and like oh god what are we doing but, <laughs> but anyway but um yeah so everybody in the cast with the exception of Linnea Quigley who I'll get to is a uh a, a, a Miami local. Uh, so the cast were mostly, I think, so m- myself, the producer, and uh, the associate producer uh, who played Trudy, we were the only ones who had recently graduated in the crew. Everybody else in the crew was still in college at the University of wow. Miami. So, uh, and a lot of them were in the cast. So Gabby was Trudy, the, the cinematographer, Nick, uh, he was the boss of the restaurant. Yeah, he um, was, he was awesome, by the way. Okay, good. <laughs> he, he took being whisked very well. Uh, he was very <laughs> good for that scene. And the, um, and then a bunch of other people were just, uh, students from Miami and then everybody else were Miami locals who auditioned like only 50 people auditioned uh, for the movie. And there was like 15 parts. So uh, there, it's not like we had an insane amount of choices, but everybody really came through, especially for a low budget movie. And then Linnea Quigley uh, at the time, she lived an hour North of where we were filming. And I just sent her a Facebook message uh, and it went to her assistant who gave us to her manager but uh, we worked uh, something out. We had to pay her her rate. But um, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just I love I love how this world is becoming a lot more known to people. That it's like that there's people out there that are just they're willing to take that cold call, you know, it, and, it was and, not, and not take offense to it and kind of be like, you know what? No, I 
I come from that world. I would love to help out. You need a half an hour, an hour of my time. I would love to help out like an aspiring podcaster or a low budget filmmaker. You know, it's so good that people are so willing to give of themselves and that we're in a world that's like the positive of social media, right? Where like you can, you can be reach out to a community and do a small amount of something that means a lot of amount to somebody else, you know? Yeah, no, she's, yeah, Linnea's fantastic. We're, we're, we're friends, though. I think I was at her house, like, two days ago. Just ah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she moved to, she, she's near Los Angeles now, which is very convenient for hanging out. Uh, well, she and, yeah, she, she's fun lovely. <laughs> she, she's so fun. I wish she was in it more. Uh, but we kind of pumped out her, because we had her for one weekend, and it was just kind of like we got all of her scenes done in that weekend. It was nice. And I love her death scene. I think that came out fun. And- <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, she has she had a great story. And that's the thing. If you, if you get her for your movie, of course she has to die. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of that's why you sign up, like, at that point. So, so that, uh, you know, the rest of the cast, they're all so good. I, I, liked, I liked the filming locations, too. You said, you know, there was Chattanooga. Where was, where was the rest of it? Because I, I, loved, I loved the main streets. The house, right. The inside of that theater was super cool. Oh, okay. So, um, all right. So, the house from the opening of the movie, that's Chattanooga. And a few exteriors are as well. But most of the movie was shot around Miami and Miramar, Florida, because we were all University of Miami students. Uh, So the diner was in Miramar, like a mile away from the producer's house where she grew up. And the um, and let's see other stuff the 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 uh, Pilgrim's house was down the street from the University of Miami. And other things were just at the University of Miami. The manager's office was our fraternity office. The movie theater was the, um, we had a movie theater on campus that we filmed for the interior. And we stole an exterior from downtown. <laughs> awesome. And, Love it. And, <laughs> and, and let uh, me say, yeah, let me those... say as, as a theater that on Thanksgiving decides to show Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, as a person who unironically owns Santa Claus. Conquers oh, I also Fun unironically DVD. own it. I love that movie. <laughs> um, I love it to death. I was exposed to it by Mystery Science Theater when I was younger. Um, and I went out and bought a copy when it was available. Because it's public domain, I'm pretty sure. Uh, when I was older. And I actually used to hold a, um, a thing called Mystery Science Theater Fox Hall at college. Where they would do a reading, they would do a reading day between the last day of school and finals. Right. It was a day off to just do whatever you needed to do. And the night before reading day, I would hold an all night movie marathon of like, a, hey, are you studying? Do you want somewhere to come and just quietly hang out and not stay up all night drinking and then, you know, be hung over the whole day you're supposed to be studying or whatever? Come here, watch some crappy movies. And I would always show Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And everyone would look at me like I was a complete and utter psychopath. Like, what is this movie? And I go, exactly. It's fun. It's like, it's a very fun movie that I think uh, deserves, I don't know, respect for something. I don't know. No, no, it's respect, respect for stamina. Yeah, there it is. Respect for stamina. (laughs) It's like that guy that finishes the race three hours after everybody else. You're just like, you know, good for you. (laughs) No, but, um, uh, I, I love the movie to death and I'll, I'll, I'll put it on and it's, and it's a very safe movie. Like you can put it on when you have a bunch of buddies over and if you have kids and there's nothing offensive in it and it's just, everyone can laugh, but, uh, it's such a good for me. Um, it, it's, it's a wink from you as the filmmaker through your like nerdy character to the audience member to kind of go, you're with familiars here, right? It's not like right. you're, they're not showing some like really well-known thing. Like that's a, Hey, credibility where credibilities do, right? You know, yes. we we know our stuff. Like here's Santa Claus Martians <laughs> is totally something a geeky guy at a theater with no one there would go, eh, I'm just gonna play this. <laughs> it's it's also know? in the public domain, which was a big reason for that being yep. the choice. We don't didn't have money for a real movie. And everybody does Night of the Living Dead, so we didn't want to do that. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead or or one of the um public domain cut up versions of Dracula. There's a yes. few of those. Everyone all, and again, 
all look great up on a movie theater screen in a movie. But there's something about Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Just like, what is this weird thing? And then there's also that tie into it being a holiday themed horror movie. Right. So, yeah. So where, see you, you know, the idea came first slasher movie. Someone dresses up like a pilgrim. You know, I, I would have, you know, been like someone around here. I mean, me growing up and being a Mayflower descendant, which my mom found out, um, <laughs> is really, you know, I live, you know, our like things we do, you know, with school, we're always like, you know, we're going on a, a field trip to Pilgrim Plantation and we're going here. And so it's all ingrained. So I love that I'm watching it and I go, okay, it's a nowadays family that thinks that they're pilgrims. Is this going to be like a copycat or a thing like scream? No, you went like full house of a thousand corpses or Texas chainsaw with it, where it's like, no, 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 no. no. Okay. So one of them might still be alive <laughs> for some reason. And, and we're not going to explain that, but that's no. what I love. About, I love <laughs> but that's what I love. And also they're cannibals. And also the son that definitely has some sort of, either inbred or other developmental issue that I'm glad the movie doesn't make fun of. It's just oh, yeah. there's something, there's something not right yeah. about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, like the leather face thing, but he dresses like a pilgrim and I'm like, this is so bonkers. <laughs> and he also has superhuman strength. J- yes. Just does. Uh, and, um, and that was just the actor. He was so he, in his audition, he threw me over his shoulder. Wow. He was so big. <laughs> He actually worked at the University of Miami. He was like a brain. He studied brains or something. That's even weirder. Yeah. Was, he's... was, was his name Abby, Abby Normal? No, no okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is goofy. <laughs> um, um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, 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 though, like, how was that, like, in the original draft of the idea? Or, like, what did you just start with? What if it's a Thanksgiving movie with, you know people that kill each other on Thanksgiving and oh, okay, they need to have a reason. And then, Oh, maybe they're cannibals. Like what? A... Yeah. I mean, it probably shows a little, but it was honestly one of the faster scripts I've ever written. Like it just all kind of came out in that first draft. The only huge difference between drafts was that like things had to be toned down for budget reasons. Of course. Um, and then there's also things that like we filmed, but for time and whatever stuff got cut out uh there was a there was a whole opening scene with the like the second to last thanksgiving uh that got cut just because it didn't quite work uh and some of that got integrated into the um the the montage of death scenes and stuff because that's where the uh the guy who doesn't have a jaw that comes in at the end of the movie and he he would have been in the opening scene where he like shoots his jaw off when he's trying to kill himself and um Uh, yeah I also, th- I think the, I think the initial drafts of the script were a little like um, darker and meaner and that got toned down as well. But plot points were all pretty much the exact same. That's cool. I, I, I like the idea of all the family members off kind of, it still has that we all got to bring our own dish. Like, yeah. um, I, I love that, you know, potluck, like family idea. And like, you know, you got the one that's doing like a, like char, like pit smoked thing. And then you get the, it's just, and I'm watching it and going, this is, this is so much fun and such a ridiculous idea. And, you know, there's very few things that gross me out anymore. I watch a lot of gory movies, right? but between, <laughs> between this one, and I think there was a scene in Danny and the Vampire. There's something about when you get the like stage look of blood perfect enough that if you've ever seen a blood bag in reality, it looks yeah. like 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 and it has the texture. Anytime someone had a oh, wine glasses but yeah. makes me sick to my stomach. That's so just funny. thinking about that. And again, this is a movie where they're boiling people alive in like a under the floorboards gravy bowl and you know, and, and I'm just laughing and enjoying all that stuff, even though your effects work was great. But oh. it, it, ha- it has that, like, Peter Jackson bad taste quality where there's so much ridiculous going on that, like, I can't help but have fun with it. Um, but uh, let's talk about that. Who, who did your effects? Because they were, you know, the, the right. vast majority of them were fantastic. So the effects were pretty split. So for actual props, we had a guy, Todd, who lived... I think four hours north of us and he made 
the uh, the corpse, like the the um the burnt corpse, the Ugh. head the head that splits. Oh, crap! What else? Okay, the the burnt corpse, the head that splits, and uh, Linnea Quigley's fake head, and <laughs> and the scalp. Yep. Uh, for when the girl gets scalped, and then things that were more like effects based, like the blood burst and like the whisk in the eye. That was me. Oh, great job, man! Oh, that, that's hard, that's stuff's hard to do. It, yeah, it's, it's hard to do and make it effective. And you know, you'd said you know, like the lack of uh, not confidence, but like the you know, you go with horror comedy because for you it was easier for you know you to do than to make a serious horror. Yes. But I, but I I think some people forget that you know that that is that might be an easy easier way out for someone that has a good sensibility for it. Right. That's but if, it is the type of horror movie I'm drawn to. But if you can't write good horror comedy and the horror and the comedy don't work, then because each of them serves the other one, right? You need yes. you need to be able to laugh to also be scared and vice versa. And even some of the best straight horror movies I've ever seen have relief at parts that are so perfect. And and this one again is going for a much sillier, you know, tongue in cheek. Like this, this whole movie is winking to the audience the whole time. Like that's 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 part of the fun. But um, you know, some of those effects, the scalp and the head split, in particular, and the charred corpse were very effective. Oh, like, good. <laughs> they're and they're not they're not you know, and again, you you have a low budget movie, but they didn't look cheap. You know, there's 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 a. You know, and I mean it because, and even if they did it, the movie was serving them well. You know, yeah. that I said this to the, the guy who made Lenny and I said this to, you know, I've said this to everyone I, I've talked to. If your movie doesn't um, betray itself, like if you have, you know, a $15 million, you know, digital werewolf that shows up in your movie for five minutes in the third act and the rest of the movie was shot on an $8,000 budget, that's betraying the rest of your movie. Right. You know what I mean? But if your whole movie was made for eight thousand dollars and everything looked like it consistently worked within that budget, then you're not betraying yourself. It's you can believe the whole thing because the movie never steps out of its um out of its uh, uh ability to reach. You know, and you guys y- your your effects were very consistent that way. It's like you didn't have oh, when a knife hits a head on this guy, it looks like this, and then over here, it's got digital blood, and over yes. here... It's, oh, we it's did... Bad. Yeah, I hate digital blood. That would, oh, so do that I. Not happen. The, yeah, only, the, why... only, the only time I've ever seen digital blood used to an effect where I went, at least I get why you did it, was hearing George Romero talk about it in Land of the Dead, and he said, I used blue screens and digital blood in my gag scenes because I knew it was a way for me to be able to get the film into a theater with an R rating and then remove all of it for the NC 17 cut. And I said, that's, that's at least a better than yeah. Like, and and I, I know, um, what's it? The, the expendables movies did the same thing. They, they, but they used the digital blood to move into the R and that's, that to me was silly. You know, it's like, no, 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 no use it to you know it, it, it's different the way Romero did it because at least he was trying to serve the I want to make sure all my digital stuff and my, my physical stuff shows up on screen good for the people that love it but if I add this digital thing walking in front of it or make the blood look a little sillier here then the MPAA won't go you just ripped somebody's eye out and then stuck a gun in the hole you know or, or whatever it is and you managed to get you know uh, it, 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 it's a hard line to walk, but, yeah. but anyway, I think a big part of why the effects worked in the movie is I think, I think it's mostly an editing thing because yeah. um, a lot of the uh, lower budget gore move or like the micro budget gory movies that are coming out now, what they'll do is they'll have like an effect that was made probably for around a similar budget that we did, uh, but they they'll be like, oh, it's the big gory moment, so we have to hold on to it for like a minute, uh, and then but you see how really really fake it looks when you see like something crunching and gushing for a minute, like yep. you just like it's just it's just plastic after a minute. So when the head splits, it's like twelve frames, you know. Yes. Uh, and then you have like a, <gasps> and then you never see it again. Uh, it reminds moment. It reminded me, and you know, um, uh, if, if someone were saying this to me, I would be 
completely struck by it too. If I was on the receiving end of, of what I'm about to say, but it reminded me of in bad taste. There's uh-huh. a bit where the, where the top of one of the alien creatures heads gets shot off Yes, and you see it happen. And again, the camera only holds for a few frames and it is obviously made out of plastic and it is odd, but, but it's splurting blood and everything. And it's still a really good effect, but then the camera immediately cuts to the feet of that character and the feet of the other guy, because they've clenched arms and are like grappling and you see the blood and gore dropping down at the feet. And that is so much more effective than holding, you know, a minute and a half on the gory, you know, um, plastic blood thing that you, you know, if your brain has time enough to go, this is stupid, but instead you're like, Oh no, that that's disgusting. Like, and it, it works so much better. Yeah. That's yes. <laughs> Hard to agree. And again, that that's a really important thing to know, um, you know, like when you, you a lot of people say, because all of these movies in this horror fest and movies that people are churning out now just because of technology can look and I mean, look by like a single frame from a movie can look very, very, very good. We have great cameras at our disposal. We have phones at our disposal. You can film whole damn movies on them. But if you don't know how to edit and you don't know how to frame a shot and you don't know how to write a scene. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All you you can't again. You can lose some of those things, but I can't walk out into a parking lot with three friends right now and make a movie that looks as good as Last Thanksgiving without putting thought into it. Do you know what I mean? No matter how yeah. good a camera I spent money on, right? Just like um, you know, uh, Kevin Smith couldn't have made Clerks, you know, even without without a great script, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Because nothing else in that movie is really all that, you know, amazing cinematically. But the guy knows how to write a script and that comes through because that's the type of movie he was making. That was a dialogue movie. If your gore effects look terrible or you don't edit around them or film them right so they're not effective in the way you want them to be, then you don't know how to make a a, a horror movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and so it... And, you know, and it's it's really important, and I don't know how many. Is this your first feature? Yes. Wow. Oh, definitely. Oh, and, <laughs> it very much is my first. No, uh, it's so cool, and and it just you know, and I I think what I was getting at originally is being from the area that like tie back to, um, you know, the pilgrims and all of that. I was amazed you didn't say, oh yeah, I know I grew up in like, you know, Maine or in, you know, Cape Cod or something just because it's so ingrained to see something that comes more Midwestern or, you know, is, is, is a good thing because I don't know the way the rest of the country sees these holidays. You know, I've grown up in like, you know, Thanksgiving, um, like uh, patient zero area, right? right. Same, thing with ha- <laughs> same thing with Halloween. Like, you know, I can just walk to Salem basically from my house, right? So it's like, it's hard for me to get, I mean, Salem is awesome. I love going there, but it's hard for me to get the, like why someone in an area in the middle of nowhere would like get on a plane and come here just to walk around in the downtown of an area with a bunch of people in Halloween costumes. I go, I think it's great, but you know, it's so to see a movie that kind of gets gets the holiday in the way that I feel like we do around here. It's very um, universal, I guess. Well, I'm almost baffled too, that there hasn't been a movie with a very similar kind of plot, like not like that there'd be like an ancient pilgrim woman or something, but just like that really doubled down on how shitty pilgrims were. Um, yeah, I, I was really worried that Hulu's Into the Dark Pilgrim was going to be that when it came out, because that came out after we filmed this. And oh, I thought, no. <laughs> I was so scared, but it was it was different enough that my heart rested easy. Oh, there was a similar scene. But... Speaking of that, I love the oh, yeah, you know, when our relative like it's not that she cut up the other pilgrims and fed them to them. It's like, no, no she's racist and doesn't like all these Native American people. And so it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to cut them up. People won't miss a couple of them. It's like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> like, I well, loved it, how, how true seems, that rang through. It seems so obvious to my, and it's actually bothered a couple people who've seen the movie. There, there's been a couple of reviews where they're like, I, I couldn't like the movie because I didn't like the language that was used in regards to native Americans. Um, oh, I, and, I, okay. <laughs> but 
those characters were supposed to be awful people. I know. Like, and, the, and, the, and some of those reviews clarified that. They were like, and I get that uh, it doesn't necessarily reflect the views of the characters, but it just made me uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. Which I, I, I can't get mad at someone for being uncomfortable with something. But the... Um, of course. Of course. But it did seem like... It, I, it just seemed weird that this wasn't a movie that had already been made. It seems very obvious. Especially with how much attention Thanksgiving gets for being a weird holiday that's such a big deal. You'd think someone would jump on making it. Like, even just 20 years ago, when I was in elementary school, we would dress up as... Um, <laughs> that, that people would come to school dressed up as pilgrims and Native Americans, and you could not do that now. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> you could do that now, but we definitely did it 20 years well, ago. And, I um, was saying... Keep going, keep going, sorry. Oh, it, it, that, that was about it. Just like, it, it's it's on everybody's minds. It's interesting that that wouldn't be the take for a Thanksgiving horror movie. Although well, I do love Thanksgiving, and I'm glad it exists. Yeah, no, me, me too. And, and I also <laughs> I also give, give your movie a lot of credit for when I heard about it. I was like, okay, somebody, you know, saw the Eli Roth trailer and thought, okay, I can do that too. And then I watch it and goes, this is so its own thing. And now yes. I still want to... Oh, we were and- so careful not to do Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was terrified he was actually going to make it while we did too. I still want him to, by the way. Like I, oh, I would die too. to see that movie. But, Especially um, genre-wise, he was going for the exact same thing. But you guys oh, made very God. different movies. You I know? know I would love that movie so much. I don't even. I don't care if it's competition or anything. I want him to make Thanksgiving so bad. But the um. But we were very careful not to copy anything, especially since we had a killer who was like dressed up like a pilgrim, like he did. We made sure to make it a different look and have the kills be kind of a different type. Nobody jumping on a trampoline and getting stabbed in the. Oh, oh that was, <laughs> I actually, I, I kind, I, I tried to reach out to Eli Roth to see if, if, um, and again, that's been done before. But I wanted to know, like, did, were we like friends? Did we hang out? And I just didn't know because I made. Uh, again, th- this is what would happen with my friends. I-, I made like what I would call like a mumblecore Halloween movie, uh-huh. like you know, where I just I-, I said I have this idea, and we so it was like it was like three little vignette scenes of like friends hanging out and watching Halloween, and like we had just like watched like Scream, and I know what you did last summer and all that. So it's like okay, in like in this movie, I'm like the nerdy, obnoxious guy that knows everything about horror movies. So I just filmed myself like going on a rant about Halloween with my friends in a room while we had it on for like 15 minutes. But one of the deaths in the movie that happened after that was that death of the knife up through the trampoline and then the kid falling, sitting down oh, on wow. it. Wow! It was like because my friend had a trampoline in her backyard, and that's where my mind went. I'm like, we're gonna... and so like you had the fake Jesus knife Christ. go up, and then you show the kid land, and then you cut to them falling off the trampoline then you cut to the bloody knife still sticking through and it was an easy shot to film and and i you know and it worked and like i'm like damn it someone did it i could have been the guy (laughs) oh man that that, (laughs) such a good fake trailer (laughs) it really is all of those were all all of those yeah i I would kill to see don't that was my favorite oh it was my right one if you're thinking of seeing this movie don't <laughs> yeah, no, that good. that is it a was particular, so pretty too. Yeah, that is a particular genre of like British horror that he just nailed like that type of movie. Oh yeah, just, like, like the, the Legend of Hill House. It looks yeah. like Oh, Edgar Wright needs to make an actual legitimate full horror movie. Well, he's but, making that Soho one that I think is supposed to be Giallo-y. Oh. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so hopefully he goes full in on horror with that and doesn't make it too much of a comedy. Wow. Fingers that's, crossed. That's, oh, imagine, imagine. I think comedians or comedic directors that could, could pull off a really good, really good straight horror if they try. Oh, I mean, you can see a lot of that in Hot Fuzz. Like the kill scenes yeah. in that are horror movie kills. They're oh, fantastic. Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz is a slasher movie. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, that's, I that's love, definitely I love my that favorite about Edgar Wright movie. Oh, well, I, I don't know if it's come out yet, but me and my friends on their show, Geeks with Shields, good place for a plug, did an Edgar Wright Smackdown, where we, nice. where we, decided, where we decided on his... The Smackdowns are definitive film, not best film necessarily. So we go with, take all the other ones away and leave one that would tell somebody like 30 years from now what this guy was all about. And we no we did one... Was. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you. You got to watch it. We oh, we okay, did um <laughs> we, we did we did Spielberg. We did Kevin Smith. Um, we've done James Wan. We've they, we've we've done it. It's been it's been That's a good fun. time. So, yeah. It, 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 it came it came from an argument. You know what I mean? Like a little Twitter like spat. And we're like, we got to turn this into a show. <laughs> and so the, and uh, yeah. So, but uh, oh man. So, so I know that I'm jumping around a lot, but there's just so much cool stuff to talk about. So you said the rest of the cast were all people you knew. Your, your main girl there, um, actually for, for a movie that is, is silly, had right. a lot of, had a lot of heavy lifting to do, particularly in the, you buying her being away from her family and that actually being something that even though their relationship was kind of strained and everything seemed to genuinely be upsetting for, for her and them. It's cool that you had it be a jokey kind of thing, but that still rang kind of true, you know? Yeah, I wrote that. Um, so Samantha Ferrand, uh, that actress is very much a friend. Uh, and I did write that part for her. She had been the mean girl in a short film I had made two years before we filmed it. Uh, that I think is on YouTube. It's called Skin of the Witch, where there is nice. a witch in the woods who is killing people. Creative death scenes again. <laughs> and uh, and she was the mean girl in a bunch of, and she gets sucked into the ground and hit by a car. Uh, and I loved working with her so much. I wrote her the lead in this movie. And um I, she she does a really good job carrying it. I think uh, I, I I could definitely see some people being turned off by the character just because it's such like a mean or not mean. She's like she's she's upset. <laughs> she's such yeah. an upset character uh, that that could definitely be a turn off for some people. But I think there will definitely be an audience for it if people see it. <laughs> no, I, and I hope people do. What um you know God we we could talk forever um. I mean, your whole cast is great. The little interpersonal stuff between all of them, like I said, you know, you've got the the other guy kid that works there, who you know um, thinks the other guy working there might be into him, and completely blows that. And yes. you know, and, and, but but also there's some good writing there too. You know, it's like that wasn't caricature-y. Like it's like you actually cared about. It. It's like, oh no, the character can like you you can tell you can tell that that situation wouldn't be like it would have been in like 1990. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, gross. What? No, get away from me. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, they they all definitely still care. It, it, they felt like they worked together and like actually didn't mind that they worked together. You know what I mean? Even though they had like their little like spats and things they didn't like about one another. It just felt real instead of, you know, characters that were just written like these would have been in the 70s to be like, that's the guy who dies. That's why he doesn't have right. a character. Or anything else, <laughs> and then no, the poor. And I, I do get sad when a couple of them die, especially the, the uh, waitress the and the chef. Oh yeah. no, poor, poor them. <laughs> and I and I, I do love the like the long, like foreshadowing stuff of like you know the okay, like you know it's like oh I don't want this guy to be alone in a room with her. And oh cool, cool she got away the first time. She'll be fine. Oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> there was definitely an attention big and I, I i have i've had so many jobs at this point i i used to work in a restaurant and that's where the dishwasher death idea came from and uh, the um the uh and what else and, and I, I was a camp counselor for like five years uh and so i i a bunch of my scripts are there's a lot of like a workplace element with different people because i just know that yeah i think of course and it feels authentic when you can write what you know in that way, you know? Yeah. You don't have to put that much time into building up the story because the people just feel lived in because you write it. You know, it doesn't sound like an alien trying to write a dialogue in a language they don't speak, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also, I, I tend to really like really long first acts where you have the time to get to know everybody and establish them. And then you just kind of save everything for like a long third act. Um, yeah. And that's, I, that's, that's the old slasher genre too. You, you get your, your Halloweens and movies like that. Spend a lot of time doing that. I think, I think that's at least for a slasher movie. I think that's the most effective way to do it. You got to care about the people. It's why, and even if they're shitty people, you got to care about them. That's why I've, I've always felt um, a movie like hostile Two works so much better than the first one, even though the deaths are great. Um, right. It's, it's, I've always appreciated the second movie 
in that series because he cast really likable women, including that girl. I for, always forget her name, but it was in the Princess Diaries. Heather so Matarazzo. Yeah, I watched that I movie with the wife, it and when it, she dies. I, and she goes, "Oh, I love Heather Matarazzo. This is great." And in my head, I'm going, "Why would Eli Roth?" Ca- Oh, he's gonna kill her bad. It's so mean. I actually like. I can't get through that scene without crying. Usually, because I I just don't like it when in horror movies when people call out to their moms or something like that. That always gets me because it feels too real. It's it's very mean. Uh, <laughs> so effective, and I, I I I love that guy's work, and am criti- critical of a lot of it. And that one, that movie is just so goddamn effective. And that scene, Jesus effing Christ. Like, it's just not it's vicious. Right. It's not right. And he knew it. You could, the whole thing is set up in just a, and she was 100% on board. Like, when you have an actress, it's just like, I get why, like, you could literally kill me with no sound and it's going to affect half your audience anyway. She you know what I mean? Ta- I mean, like, it, it, it kind of sucks that it's like, nobody would, would ever get like an Oscar nom for being, no. having that role. But her performance in that role is it's fantastic. And just how vulnerable she had to be to be, like, hung upside down naked oh, for however God. many days of filming, getting the killed fact, the whole time. The fact that that scene is in an R-rated big studio release still breaks my mind. Like, how did he get that through? <laughs> you know? A, he, there were probably some deals that were made, I'm sure, with it's... whoever the company was. It's horrifying. And again, and I say that out of, I love that movie. I wish that had been the first movie, you know, because <laughs> it, it's, it's just... tricky. I actually, I might have a preference for the first movie just because it is, That's I mean, cool. the first movie is almost like a feel good movie in the way that they fuck everybody at the end. Yep. That's bad. Yep. So that I is... like, I tend to like that. <laughs> and the second movie doesn't give me the same, uh, like, uh, yeah, we beat all the bad guys. Cause you just see this whole society by the end of the movie. Then, yeah, number uh, it's two, very depressing. Number, number two isn't a pleasurable experience. That but it's is very true. good. It's uh, it's it's very good, and I see that. It's just I like watching the first one more. It's more fun. It's cool. I, I, I still think the 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 great film from that guy is still coming. In in my opinion, I think he's gonna he's gonna pull something out of left field in a few years. I just, he just needs people to get confidence in him again. I would love that. I think the house in the with the clock in its walls made money, so hopefully he gets. And- and it's good. It's just it is it's, good. It could have been anyone directing it, but it's good. You know, <laughs> like it, the guy, the guy did what he needed to do. He showed I feel up like and this directed. Great film could be Thanksgiving. Oh. <laughs> I, I would be so happy. I really want him. A lot of people want him to make it. I'm surprised he hasn't. Yeah, he will. He probably has. He's just waiting. It's going to be like Borat too. I was hey, wondering what, if he had plans. The pandemic. <laughs> So next year is actually the um, the 400th anniversary of Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, no. And I was wondering if he had plans to film it this year for a next year release. And then everything that happened happened because that would have been very smart in my head. Well, you, you, you know how the house with the clock in its walls came about, right? Uh, I don't think I do. He was supposed to direct the Meg. Oh, yes. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it just it wasn't even like he didn't piss anyone off or anything. It just kind of fell through schedule wise. So they were like, here's a movie that you can make for next to nothing. And as long as you pull it off and we're going to advertise it well, you're going to get a good paycheck. He's like, all right, sweet. <laughs> I'll, I'll make this silly Jack Black movie. Here we go. <laughs> that one breaks my heart, too, because like the uh, an R rated the make would have been so awesome. Jason Statham wanted that. <laughs> he was upset and that he, they made it. He had so it. much fun in that movie. I. I still don't love that movie, but I like a lot of it. And he was having such a blast. There are parts movie. of it I really like. It's just the potential, like, to have the poster be a giant shark tearing through a big group of two people. And then, like, to have the actual big scene come. And it doesn't really kill anybody. Yeah, and also, that's the problem. The shark is too big. Yeah, well, uh, I could have had him be bigger. Like, either smaller and more vicious or, like ridiculously big yeah yeah like Lovecraft. yes Lovecraft i was ready big. to be scared by how big it was yeah and now he's just kind of like okay so it's big so now the deaths yeah. aren't scary you, you, you know what i mean it's yes. like why why tremors is so scary is the the parts of it that come out of its mouth and pull you down into the fucking ground uh-huh. <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's yeah. that's terrifying <laughs> 
Yeah, Cloverfield's uh, good about having both because you have the giant monster, uh, but you also yeah. have like the parasites that chase people down and explode. And when they bite you, you explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cloverfield was a vicious little bastard of a movie. I, I like that. Cloverfield. Uh, but yeah, dude, so, so, again, this is my show. This is what happens. I just geek out about stuff with people, but you know, I, I, I do want to get back to work and I want to let you go, but I, I wanted to reiterate again, you know, that I really loved the last Thanksgiving people. I'll put the link in here when I put this up and you can buy it. And this is the, and I think you can buy it on VHS too. Which oh yeah. I might... yeah. It, and it's a, uh, the VHS cut is framed for VHS. It's oh, like, uh, it's... Yeah, yeah. So it's not, um, it, 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 it's a completely, it feels different. It actually feels more of the, uh, time in the vhs version so i highly recommend that to people who are looking for that aesthetic no i'm gonna be picking that up as well because I, I bought the dvd just because i i want i want to be able to have it on a shelf and have right. people go what is that i've never heard of that and i go oh we are getting beers and we are watching this <laughs> you know like that's that's how these movies get spread you know that, that the old-fashioned way um but yeah, no, the VHS is so cool. There's actually a guy I know who will, uh, he makes cover boxes for movies that aren't on VHS and right. sells, so them cool. you, sells them to you with a blank tape and then you gives you um, the information on how to transfer it yourself off your DVD. That's so so cool. it's like, because again, just having it to like that pop it on and see the tracking lines and the blips and the bloops and the, I, I just think that'll be so much fun but i wanted to give you an opportunity again to to touch on anything we've missed or to give a shout out to anybody that we've missed or to tell us what's happening next with this movie or with any of your other projects so the board um, is yours. i mean i'm writing a few things right now i don't know if any of them will get made in the near future they're all relatively uh bigger but um shout out to a uh, scream team releasing who is releasing the movie uh by around thanksgiving next month and um <laughs> where you can get it on blu-ray vhs or you can get a signed blu-ray where a few of the cast and linnea quigley have signed it and oh, uh, I didn't... And the, oh yeah yeah and the signed blu-ray comes with a signed poster as well um, awesome so that is fine shout out to producer anisa and to a uh, gabby who worked a crazy amount on this and uh, I guess everybody in the cast and crew worked so hard on this for like basically no money. And they were all really just fantastic for what the movie was. That's all I really have to say, I guess. I can't think of anything else. So awesome. Is there, aside from buying it, which, you know, is a lot further along than a lot of these other movies have been at this point. Are there any other festivals or places people should be looking out for it? Um, Not at the moment. It's entered in a few other festivals that uh, we just haven't heard back from yet because everything got pushed back it's all very, of course. Um, of up course. in the air so as of right now there uh isn't anything official for it coming out in other festivals but uh we have a facebook and an instagram and a twitter that uh you can keep updated on awesome yeah i i would love to see this and all of these movies i saw in the horror fest on a theatrical screen someday even if i have to rent the damn theater and play them all myself um, I think that'd be really cool. That would be very cool. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I bet you you probably haven't even seen this on a theater screen, I would imagine. No, yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine how that would be. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that would, that would be something. There have been a few reviews where they're like, I would have liked to have seen this in a full theater. Or in a drive-in. Um, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, that's more... That's more, uh, um, that's more real. That could happen. That, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll look into it. Uh, yeah, the, local, yeah. the local pop-up drive-in, which I'm very glad around here those have started. There's like 10 of them now. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like fairgrounds that didn't have fairs this year, like installed movie theaters. It's, it's been awesome. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah, and so and they're continuing them on until it snows, basically. Wow. And this past weekend, they ran um, a Halloween, uh, the original and Halloween 2018 double feature, and I'm so bummed. We, my my wife and I were still in quarantine, or, oh. or we we would have been. I'm like that would have been so cool. And on Halloween, they're doing Halloween one, two, and three. 
That's which, uh, cool. Yeah, which I think will be really cool too. So, cool. I saw three in a theater for the first time last year, and that was oh, so cool. Fun. Three, three is such an underrated, wonderful movie. Oh, it's I, fantastic. I, I still wish, um, oh, what's his name? The the awesome director that I still can't believe made a Halloween movie, but now that he did, I want him to make all of them. The guy that made all those Seth Rogen um, movies. Oh, uh, what the David hell's his name? Green. Yeah, David Gordon Green. The guy's, in fact, he he made a couple of really great dramas too. He did that stronger Boston yes. Marathon movie. <laughs> that, oh, the one of the two Boston Marathon movies that was good. Um, <laughs> being around here, a lot of people love the Mark Wahlberg one and living through it around here. I'm just like, this movie is such bullshit. That's really funny. I got, I got so, cause I, I, I it was a well-made movie. I just, I, he wasn't real. He wasn't playing a real character. It pissed me <laughs> off so much, but, but anyway, um, David Gordon Green, his Halloween, super movie, personal. his Halloween movie is great. Like there is no way to, to BS around the fact that that guy just somehow, wow, David Gordon Green knows how to make a slasher movie. I didn't know. Um, but uh, the fact that he said, if they give me money to make a sequel, he said, he goes, I'm going to do Halloween three for one of these. I'm going to bring it back to that. And I really hope one of these other two movies like pulls a metal gear solid two and has like, and has, um, you know, Michael Myers in like the last third of the movie and the first like two acts are just something completely different. I will jump for joy if he does that. <laughs> I would be very happy. I'm not going to get my hopes up for that because I really, I don't, I don't know if I trust a studio would let that happen, but I would no, that. neither do I. It would just, it would be so good to show up and be like, you know, you know, have the two acts of Halloween kills, I think is the next one. Be, yeah. be, they don't know Michael Myers isn't dead. <laughs> and so the first two acts are some other fucked up Halloween thing going on right now, whatever it is. And then, oh, by the way, you also still have to deal with Michael Myers in this. Have fun. <laughs> you, That'd be very you know? dope. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I love subversion like that. Um, when when I, I remember everyone was so angry at Metal Gear Solid 2 and I went, they literally just killed Snake maybe. And now I'm a different guy. No way. <laughs> like, this is awesome. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so as I was saying, so um, with that, I- I'm going to go back to work. Um, yes. <laughs> I really, really, really appreciate this. Um, I know uh, I feel bad that, you know, COVID slowed things down. I really wanted to get this recorded and out while you were still in the festival. Uh, but, that's so fine. But, but everybody, please seek out the last Thanksgiving. Please pay attention to Eric and the rest of the cast and crew and what else they're going to do. Cause I, if, if, if it was me, this definitely wouldn't be your last movie. And I hope you get many, many more. And, <laughs> <Me> uh, <too. laughs> and, uh, you know, find this movie. It's fun. Turn off your, you know, easily offended button. Cause it is not, it's a very fun movie, but it's also a very nasty movie as is the genre. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. And, and again, I, I do also say, you know, it's it's also a movie from that genre, but with a nowadays bent, I said earlier. So a lot of the things that were really kind of gross about this genre earlier on, like the fact that Wes Craven, I think, made three movies in a row where the entire subplot had to do with rape. Um, the, the fact that this movie doesn't go in that direction um, and is still super gross and super intense and over the top. I really appreciate that, that like you can still remove some of the less likable things from the genre and keep it nasty you know yeah so yeah so um that's it uh this has been uh chris and and eric talking about the last thanksgiving eric's um new film um please go and find it go to the link buy it even sight unseen i guarantee you're gonna have a fun time with it um thank you for shooting the shit with chip eric oh my pleasure and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon bye